0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Twitter. We are presented by The Grid, and we have a new website, by the way. Please go check that out. I am Bryson Carver, as always. We've got an absolutely loaded show on tap for you guys tonight. Obviously, a lot of Tom Brady talk. Got to rep the goat today. He announced his retirement Wednesday morning on some beautiful beach somewhere in Florida. Uh, I'll talk about that obviously the show as well as why Sean Payton makes the yes five win Denver Broncos automatic playoff an automatic playoff team after his hiring from from De- uh by Denver rather uh this <laughs> I love this to say the very least I love this and the biggest problem the Broncos have Sean Payne's going to fix it. Get to that later in the show. As well as I'm going to have Alfred Parsar Jr. of the Rocket Fuel Jets podcast on the show. He's going to talk about Tom Brady, who he would know as well as anybody as, as a Jets fan. How much that 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 Tom Brady has has tortured him and the entire New York Jets fan base and the Bills and Dolphins fan base. And really every fan base for that matter uh, for the better part of the last two decades. I'll talk about that with him as well as the chances Aaron Rodgers ends up as a New York Jets. We'll get to that, and at the end, uh, he'll give his Super Bowl 57 prediction. Going to have to try and have some guests on through the next few shows, get their Super Bowl predictions, and and see who comes out in the winning end. The, I, I remember I had like three guests on last year, and only my man John, John, John Rivera, Fan Perspective Podcast. Shout out to him. Uh, he was the only other guy that picked the Los Angeles Rams along with me. Everybody was all into the Bengals story, and of course, it was the better team, the Rams, who came out on top. And at the end of the show... Brock Purdy, unfortunately, appears to be done already for the 2023 season due to a complete tear in his UCL requiring Tommy John surgery. I think there is a perfect replacement for him as the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers next season. I'll get to that later in today's show. But first, there's no other way to start the show. There's no other way to start the show other than the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest player in NFL history, and yes, greatest athlete in the history of team sports walking away. Tom Brady on Wednesday morning announced his retirement in this emotional video. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good.
1: I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured i just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing.
2: Love you all.
0: An appropriate, human, short and straight to the point video from the best ever himself, Tom Brady, uh, who retired after 23 remarkable NFL seasons. You know, we we, we all understand the accomplishments of Tom Brady. Need I remind you, he is the all-time leader in completions, yards, and touchdowns. really a triple crown if you think about it in NFL history. He also has three league MVPs, which should be far more than that. And of course, as we all know, seven Super Bowl titles and five Super Bowl MVPs. Both are records by a mile. And, you know, when I think about Tom Brady, when I think about his career, I'd say the number one word that comes to my head is commitment. It is the almost Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan-like mentality to stay on top, to never ever be satisfied with where you're at, to be just dogmatic in trying to get better and not only, not only individually, but as a team. And what's what's remarkable about Tom Brady? Obviously, we all know he's the GOAT. That that to me got decided 6 years ago, almost to the day of that 28-3 comeback against the Atlanta Falcons which won him his fifth Super Bowl title and his uh, uh, fourth Super Bowl MVP. That, to me, cemented it. No questions asked. It's not even close. He's the greatest ever. But what's remarkable about Tom Brady is if you just took his 20s, take his career numbers from his 20s. He's a Hall of Famer. Take his numbers from his 30s. He's a Hall of Famer. Take his numbers from his 40s. He's a Hall of Famer. If you look at quarterbacks in their 40s in the history of the NFL, Tom Brady has nearly 200 touchdown passes just in his 40s. Second place barely has over 50. It's not even close. We talk about longevity. We talk about in his 20s getting the three Super Bowl titles early. Obviously, had some great defenses in New England. Guys like Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, Ronnie Harrison, Ty Law. Remember, had that pick six and that one Ram Super Bowl. Tom Brady won two of his five Super Bowl MVPs in that run. And then, and we forget about this, went an entire decade without winning another one. Sandwiched in between that decade were not one but two Super Bowl losses to Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin, and the New York Giants. And we roll around 2014. They're 2-2, and the Patriots are, coming off of a 41-14 to embarrassment at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium on national television, Monday Night Football. Tom Brady plays awful in that game. At this point, he's 37 years old, a, a grandfatherly age for a quarterback, at least we thought at the time. And Bill Belichick was actually getting questions for the media. Tom Dunn, is it time to start giving Jimmy Garoppolo reps with the first team? And even Bill Belichick, who we we know famously, he and Brady had a little bit of a power struggle that last half decade in New England. But even he had to chuckle at that question. People wrote him off. And of course, what ended up happening is he led the Patriots back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Forty Nine. Through not one, not two, not three, but four touchdown passes against the Legion of Boom. The same Legion of Boom that held, to me, the third greatest quarterback ever, Peyton Manning, to eight points. Tom Brady, on the other hand, dropped 28 and won Super Bowl MVP in what, to me, was the greatest Super Bowl ever played. Two years ago, at age 39, after the whole Deflate Gate debacle, it's a nice way of putting it, gets the Patriots back to the Super Bowl. They face the Atlanta Falcons, we all know. Fall down 28-3. to That was in part due to Tom's horrible play through the first two and a half quarters. He actually threw a pick six in that game. Was getting vastly outplayed by Matt Ryan. That Falcons defense led by Dan Quinn was shutting New England down. Tom Brady led a touchdown drive, then a field goal, then another touchdown, and another touchdown in an overtime, the walk-off touchdown run in by James White. And he broke the Super Bowl record at the time for the most passing yards in the Super Bowl which he would surpass a year later at age 40. In a season in which he'd win MVP at age 40. Of course, New England would lose to Philadelphia, but then a year later, they get right back to the Super Bowl and beat the Los Angeles Rams for Tom's sixth Super Bowl title, which broke a tie between him and Charles Haley for the most Super Bowl titles by any NFL player ever. 2019 rolled around. Tom didn't have the best of years. Accuracy was down. His arm looked a little bit shot. He he seemed to be gun-shy in the pocket. The frustration with some of his teammates, particularly in the offensive side of the ball, seemed to be growing. And we're like, man, he's 42 years old. He's in year 20. Man, this might be it. Tom Brady was obviously a free agent that coming offseason, but some suggested, why don't you just go ahead and retire? Like, we don't want to see him fade, out, fade away like a, a Brett Favre. Or Peyton Manning. We don't want to see him just fall apart like we've seen some of the greats do so. So Tom's like, no, no, no. I'm not done. I'm going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not the Titans, who had beaten him the year before in the playoffs. Not the Chargers, who had all kinds of talent. Not even a return to New England. The Buccaneers, who had not made the playoffs in over a decade who had one Super Bowl title to their name as a franchise. And as an organization in all the four major American professional leagues, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and of course the NFL, it was the Buccaneers who had the worst winning percentage of all the teams in all four of those leagues. Tom said, I want to join that team. 7-9 and the year prior. And we began to debate, oh, is it Brady or is it Belichick? Well, we found out that season... Bill Belichick, who had Cam Newton, not prime Cam Newton, but a serviceable Cam Newton, went 7-9. Tom Brady, after a little bit of a rocky start, led the Bucs to 11-5 record, and then a road Super Bowl run against the number two defense in the NFL, Washington, on the road. Against arguably the best roster in the NFL at that point, a team that had crushed Tampa Bay twice in the regular season, the New Orleans Saints, on the road. And then against the MVP Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field on the road. And in Super Bowl 55 against the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes versus Brady. Brady won Super Bowl MVP and the Bucs crushed the Chiefs. Age 43, his seventh and what would be his final Super Bowl title. He had arguably a season in 2021 in which I argued he should have been MVP. Last year, a bit of a down season when you consider he came back from his initial retirement, which happened to be February 1st of 2022. As it turns out, he retired yesterday on February 1st, 2023. Seemed like there was at least a little bit of intention behind that. But that was Tom Brady. That 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 is his career in a nutshell. That is greatness sustained at a level that we have never seen, I think, in any of the major four American sports. And I'm not quite sure we'll ever see it again. One of the nicknames I had for Tom Brady was the great outlier. And that not just he's the greatest ever, not all that. It's that because of how dominant he was in his 40s. I mean, an argument can be made. Tom Brady turned 40 years old in 2017. Okay? Argument can be made, folks, that since 2017, the last five years, you take all the quarterbacks that have played in that time span, you could make the case Tom Brady was the best. He won an MVP. He won two Super Bowls, he went to three of those, he went to three Super Bowls, and won with two different teams. No other quarterback has a resume even close to that. Mahomes could make an argument, Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs of his own, but never went to any Super Bowls. And I call them great outlier because anytime a quarterback hits his 40s, even the great ones, Drew Brees... Uh, Eli Manning retired right before his 40s, but you can see the decline. Same thing with his brother, Peyton. Ben Roethlisberger. Once these quarterbacks reach their 40s, don't compare them to Tom Brady. They're not going to age like him. The incredible commitment to his body. He actually said once he enjoyed studying film, which studying film is part of the reason, sitting through meetings, all that, is part of the reason that a lot of the greatest players ever have retired. They're like, man, I just couldn't take it anymore. It's not that I couldn't play. It's just I got bored. Tom Brady never got bored. And good for him. Obviously, the retirement last year was a little clunky. We heard the initial report. Then his dad refuted it. Then Tom refuted it in his camp. And then he did retire a few days later. And then he came back 40 days after that. That video he posted yesterday morning, it felt final. It came straight from Tom Brady on a beach somewhere in Florida. And he'd said, and I think this is very, very intentional on his part, the words, and I quote, for good. I would be shocked if we get a comeback. Shocked. He always said he wanted to play at age 45. He did just that. 23 seasons. And even at age 45, even a Buccaneers team that went 8-9, and barely won the worst division in the league. A lot of folks picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to possibly go on some kind of run because that's the respect we ultimately had when it was all said and done about Tom Brady. The fact that he was written off in 2014, that's almost a decade ago. And now he gets to walk out on his terms. Hats off to the GOAT. Yes, the greatest athlete in the history of team sports. With all due respect to Gretzky, whoever the GOAT of baseball is, Babe Ruth. And Michael Jordan, LeBron James, we can argue about those two. He's the one guy that sustained dominance more than the other guys I mentioned. And he's the only guy on that list where, like Gretzky, you could say that. But in terms of the NFL, I think it's harder to win a championship in the NFL than all of those leagues. The previous record for Super Bowls one was Pittsburgh with six. Tom Brady has seven by himself. More Super Bowls than any. Single franchise. Hats off to the goat. Can't be happy couldn't be happier for Tom and wishing the very best retirement. Before I get to my comments uh, that I see here, just a second. I see we got some comments here. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. I gotta admit, I wasn't all that surprised when I saw the news. When I woke up Wednesday morning, looked on my phone. And, it's, and it, was, it was, first thing I saw was a tweet from Adam Schefter. Tom Brady has announced that he's retiring. I was like, I mean, there's a, a shock factor at first, but you're like, you know what? I'm not that surprised. Because I talked about in the show last week, I think retirement's on the table because the teams that would want slash need Tom Brady, do we really think they're a Super Bowl contender? I always, I always from the jump refuted the claim that he'd want to go play in Vegas. And I said, why? Just to, just to reunite with an old offensive coach. Yes, they have the pieces offensively, but they struggle with Derek Carr, who at this stage, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, were kind of an equal footing. And their defense, since Derek Carr was there, was the worst in the NFL. And they play in probably the toughest division with Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, who I'll get to in just a second. That's not all that attractive of a destination. By the way, it'd be in the tougher conference. Tennessee doesn't really have the weapons. Their defense kind of took a, a you know, Kind of took a turn for the worst, if you will. A lot of injuries on that side of the ball. Like, there was San Francisco, maybe, but that's an offense that's designed for mobile quarterbacks, of which Tom is not. Plus, he'd have to move cross-country away from his kids. Like, it it would just be a weird dynamic. I said, retirement's on the table. The $375 million deal from Fox. Listen, Tom's rich. He's set for life. That's still $375 million. It's hard to, you know, turn your back on. Um. So I'm sure he'll he'll go to Fox, whether he's an analyst, whether he's calling games. Whatever Tom does, he's still got the TB12 brand. You're going to see an approach in a post-career that's only comparable to Kobe Bryant. Tom's wired that way. You see, obviously, the new 80 for Brady movie, which I think comes out tomorrow. His production company, appropriately named 199 Productions because he was the 199th pick in the 2000 NFL draft. Everything that Tom has committed to in his life business-wise, from a football perspective, he's finished it and he's been probably the best in the world at. It. Who's to say that can't be the case in his post-career? I I have no reason to believe cuz we we know what it's sometimes athletes struggle when they retire. It's like, okay, you sit there for a while, you, you you recuperate, and then once the new season roll, rolls around, that competitive itch starts to come back. Now it's, I don't have a game to win. I don't have this to prepare for. And I do think that's going to be hard for Tom Brady. I think this retirement is far more set in stone than the last one. But it's still, look, once September 2023 rolls around, I think it is going to be tough on Tom, whatever he's doing, whether he's calling games or not. But I think he's going to take some time with his family. Over the next few months, uh, I, I'm reading a lot of reports. He just wants to spend time with his kids. Uh, really just sort of uh, recover from what's obviously a long season, and obviously a very long career. Catch his breath and figure out what he's going to do next. And uh, I think he's going to be fantastic at it. Whatever Tom Brady does, whatever he chooses to do in his post-career, whether it involves 199 productions, whether it involves TV 12, whether it involves Fox, whether it involves something that maybe he's thinking about in his head that we have absolutely no idea is there. He's going to be great at it. It's like Peyton Manning has been post-career. Just like Michael Jordan, obviously has been great with shoe sales and owning the Charlotte Hornets. I could see maybe Tom Brady in ownership role in the future, possibly whatever it is. He's going to be the goat at it. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. All right, to the comments now. My man, Philip Chenault. What's up, Philip? He says, Do you think Tom Brady and Mahomes could be like Bill Russell and Michael Jordan? Bill Russell's got 11 rings, but everyone calls Jordan the goat. Could it be the same with Mahomes and Brady? That is a great question. That is a great question. Well, you know, I talked about Monday's show when I was talking about Mahomes and that crazy performance he had against the Bengals on one freaking leg. That. Would Mahomes need the seven rings to be considered the goat? Depends on how his career plays out. I mean, look, LeBron has four rings, Jordan has six. Many think LeBron's the goat. Jordan doesn't even have the most rings. It, like you said, uh, Philip, it's it's Bill Russell. I could see a scenario in which that's the case. Um. Again, I I know a lot of folks are talking about is Mahomes giving the goat discussion with the, with with the Super Bowl win. No, not yet, not yet, not yet. Uh, the only I mean. I think Brady's the only guy in that discussion, but if you want to throw other guys in, maybe Elway. Joe Montana, I mean, he does have four Super Bowls in, you know, four Super Bowl wins in the four that he played, 11 touchdowns, no picks in his Super Bowl career. Sure, I, I, but to answer your question, Philip, I, I think that's absolutely in the cards. Uh, again, we got to see how Mahomes' career plays out, but, but it's something else too. The debate, and I'm not going to use this as like a session to like just bash Belichick, but, The notion that it was Belichick who deserved more credit than Brady, I thought, was always laughable. And we've seen that over the past few years since Tom went to Tampa. You know, Patriots are barely clinging to a 500 record in that span. Whereas Tom has a Super Bowl ring. And in all three of those seasons, at least made the playoffs. But think about the New England Patriots. Before Tom, in their history, and then when Tom got there. Before Tom Brady. They won 47% of their games. They went to two Super Bowls, lost both badly, had three division titles, and six 10-win seasons. You got that? That's before Brady. Went In the 20 years with Brady, they went from 40, winning 47% of their games to winning 74% of their games. They went to nine Super Bowls and won six of them. They went from three division titles in the 20 years before Brady to 17 with Brady. They had six 10-win seasons before Brady, 18 with him. So, I mean, obviously he's the greatest New England Patriot ever. An argument can be made. I certainly would be the first to make it that he's the most valuable player in the history of the NFL. There's plenty of guys. LT, to me, is the second greatest player of all time. Jerry Rice is by far the greatest receiver ever. Plenty of guys we could throw in. I mean, you know, Jim Brown's probably the greatest running back ever. There's plenty of people we could throw in these discussions. Uh, but to me, none of even none of them even come close. Not even close. In terms of greatness, in terms of sustainability over an extended period of time. Jerry Rice puts up an argument, but nobody like Tom Brady. Uh, and Philip also says, absolutely an amazing career for Brady. It's going to be super different not seeing him behind center. It's going to be sad, really. Yeah, it is. It's going to be very different. Uh, he's kind of the last of the of the generation where it was Brady, the Manning brothers, Big Ben, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees. Like that was; those were kind of the the big seven, if you will. I mean, Brett Favre was kind of in that time period as well, although he did most of his dominance in the '90s. That it's it's kind of like that. This is the last of that group to to step away. Uh, and now it's Mahomes. It's Joe Burrow. I think Trevor Lawrence, you're going to see very, very soon, is going to continue to climb the ranks in that regard. Uh, can't turn our eyes away from Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts is doing his thing. I mean, that's kind of going to be the group that we talk about now. But it is going to be very, very different. I agree, Philip. Uh, to not see number 12, either for the Patriots or the Bucs, behind center. So happy for Tom Brady. I felt like retirement was certainly an option. For him, given the teams that wanted him, I mean, what can you say? What can you say about the guy? He's the best ever. One of the guys who was very, uh, one of the guys who competed with Tom for two years within his division in the NFC South is Sean Payton. Who yesterday, no, 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 Tuesday, my bad, Tuesday was named as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. There's a trade between those two. Broncos gave up a pretty hefty package to get Sean Payton. Uh, They've given up two massive packages to get Payton and Russell Wilson if you look at the two off seasons. But he's now the head coach of the Denver Broncos and it's obviously an absolute home run hire by Denver. So, (laughs) famously, I had the Broncos winning the Super Bowl before the season started. That is far and away my worst take in a three and a half years of carving it up. It's terrible. Uh, I'm never going to hide from it. It was awful. And of course, won five games. But the issue, excuse me, the issue that we talked about all season long with the Denver Broncos, the one thing we never lamented or were critical of was their talent. That's why we thought the Russell Wilson trade to Denver was so big. Not just because it was Russell Wilson and, you know, the the 10-year the career he'd had in Seattle, winning all those division titles, winning a Super Bowl, getting to another, all that. But it was that, and this roster looks like it's kind of a quarterback away. The receiver group, you've got Cortland Sutton, you've got Jerry Judy, and I really like the Tim Patrick kid who'll be coming back from injury next year. You've got a solid offensive line, uh, defensively. You got, you had, at the time, you had Bradley Chubb before they traded him to the Dolphins midseason. You have Patrick Sertan, who's already, to me, one of the five best corners in the NFL. But you've got plenty of talent any, everywhere, certainly to get to the playoffs. And of course, due to two individuals in particular, Russell Wilson and former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett, It season went down the drain pretty quickly. The, the red flag started in Seattle on that Monday night game, all the way back in week one and it only got worse from there. So Sean Payton comes in. He inherits a pretty, I would say dysfunctional because I think Denver's a good organization, but a pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Turbulent situation. They're going to go to the playoffs this year. Go ahead and tell you right there. First of all, Russell deserves to me the majority of the blame. I, I don't think it's half and half Russell and Hackett, because if Russell had played like a a Joe Burrow, I don't think the Broncos would have gotten the playoffs. But they'd have won seven, eight games. You know, you know, Russell would have probably had another uh, pass ring over a hundred. And Denver would have been a respectable team. And quite honestly, Nate Hackett would probably still be there if we're being honest with ourselves. Be clear, to me, he deserves the majority of the blame. Russell does. Could he get a better coach now to fix his problems, not just on the field, but in the locker room, than Sean Payton? Keep in mind, Sean Payton inherited a New Orleans Saints team that at the time was known as the Aints. Yeah. That's that's New Orleans Saints. If you even said the words New Orleans, New Orleans Saints and Super Bowl contender... If you were in a sports bar, they'd have kicked you out the bar for being an idiot. Because no, nobody, that, that, that doesn't
2: even compute in anybody's head. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com.
0: Well, they got to a Super Bowl. They got to, if I'm not mistaken, three or four NFC Championship games. And a guy in Drew Brees, who we thought was Dunzo after his shoulder injury back when he was the quarterback of the San Diego Chargers, Sean Payton not only resurrected Drew Brees' career, Drew Brees is no question. Nobody's going to debate it for even a moment, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And until Tom Brady surpassed him, Brees held all the important records, completions, yards, touchdowns, until Brady broke them, obviously. Who's to say he can't do the same for Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson was on a Hall of Fame uh, trajectory the first 10 years in Seattle. Just in 2021, his final year as a Seahawk before Denver, he completed 65% of his passes and a passer rating of 103. He was still at least, at bare minimum, a very good quarterback. Like, we thought, oh, Seattle's the problem. Now we we found that out not to be the case this season with the way Geno Smith played and the and the job Pete Carroll did with that that team. But all in all, we were like, this will work. Keep in mind, Sean Payton is last year in New Orleans after Drew Brees retired. Used four quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Ian Book. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the last one. It's not. Uh, and Trevor Simeon, the four quarterbacks they used that year. Saints had a winning record playing a first place schedule in the NFC, which at the time was a little better than the AFC in 2021. He goes to the AFC now, which obviously is the superior conference. conference. But Denver has a last place schedule. They've still got a great defense, which played amazing all season long, save for the Christmas Day debacle against the Rams. Outside of that, the defense was top five worthy. Took the ball away, didn't give up a lot of yards. Like that, they were they were tremendous defense. The problem was they couldn't score. I mean, there was a stat going into like Week fourteen, Week 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 fifteen, something like that, where if the Broncos had at least scored 19, 20 points, they'd have only had like two or three losses. So you get the offensive coach to fix that side of the ball to get the best out of Russell Wilson. Who's to say that they can't be a playoff team? Well, than the division with the Chiefs, well, I didn't stop the Chargers from making the playoffs with a guy in Brandon Staley who I'm not sure any of us are high on. But he had Justin Herbert. You he have plenty of offensive weapons. So do the Broncos. So this is a culture-changing hire. You bring him in not just to fix Russell on the field, put him in the best positions to succeed on the field, but in the locker room, we we know there was a lot of questions surrounding Russ, in particular his leadership. The office he has, which that's I've never heard, I never heard of Tom Brady, even Aaron Rodgers, who the Packers have have kind of caved to in the last few years. Not even Aaron Rodgers has his own office. And Russell Wilson, before he played a snap for the Broncos, got a contract extension and an office. We heard the reports coming out of Seattle about how uh, he was a little distant from the team there, from Richard Sherman, from Marshawn Lynch, Legion of Boom. Sean Payne's job is to come in and fix that. I, I have no doubt whatsoever that within the first week of him being there, him and Russell are gonna have maybe, maybe a, a, I don't know, a cup of coffee. Maybe go Sean's gonna go to Russell's house with all those bathrooms. Uh, what was it, 13, 14 bathrooms, something like that. Anyways, Sean Payne's gonna go to, to Russell's house. They're gonna have uh, dinner, they're gonna talk about things, have a heart to heart discussion. If Sean Payne can't fix Russell Wilson's, what I'm getting at, then nobody can. That's why I'm that confident that will Russell get back to top five worthy, which I think he was three, four years ago. I doubt it. The league's too talented at quarterback. But can he get to the ninth best quarterback? The 10th? Sure he can. With that coaching, with those weapons? Now, am I going to plunge in 2023 the way I did in 2022 before the season say the Broncos are a Super Bowl contender? Not a chance. Not a chance. But is this a team that, I mean, they competed with the best teams, the AFC, with no offense to speak of. With Russell Wilson, look at the numbers, was probably the worst quarterback in the league last year. Certainly the worst starter. And they were still competitive in these games because their defense was was so good. So I think this is a great hire for the Denver Broncos. They brought in the best head coaching candidate that we've seen on the market in some time. If he fixed the Aints, and turn them into one of the most respectable organizations in football, Denver's already got a good culture. They've got the good defense. They've got the pieces in place already. I have no doubt whatsoever Sean Payton is going to have the same impact uh, in the Mile High City. So, congrats to the Broncos. They got a good one. Uh, Again, certainly not championship aspirations or expectations right off the bat, but I think they can make the playoffs. Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, look, if 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 Miami with the quarterback turbulence they had with an average defense can get in, Denver can. It's going to be fun to watch. All right. So one of the most fascinating teams from the 2022 season was the New York Jets. Uh, this was a team that started seven and five, obviously struggled down the stretch, missed the playoffs, but... You saw the growth from the defensive side of the ball. You saw Robert Saleh sort of evolve into, you know, at least an above-average head coach, certainly after a tough first year there. The offense is the problem. Does Aaron Rodgers end up a Jet? I don't know. Only time will tell. What better guest to get on the show than the host of the Rocky Field Jets podcast and a teammate of mine on the grid, and most importantly, a true brother to me. Would you please welcome... Alfred Parsar Jr. back to carving it up live. Alfred, how you doing, my man? I am good, Bryson. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So before we get to your Jets, before we get to the Super Bowl, anything else, I did want to uh, get your take on what was your reaction to the Tom Brady news? And, you know, as a guy who was a fan of a team that came out in the short end more times than not for 20 years, uh, what's your take on on his career as a whole?
1: Well, uh, my first reaction when I saw the news was bye-bye, so long, farewell. I <laughs> I won't miss you. I won't miss you. But uh, no, uh I-, I think Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback in-, in NFL history. Uh seven Super Bowl championships. Nobody I don't think anybody's gonna touch that record. Uh a lot of guys are lucky to get even one ring, let alone seven. Um, granted, he was coached by uh the greatest arguably the greatest coach of all time for six of those uh, seven championships. But uh, Brady's had a phenomenal career, nothing to be ashamed of. And you know what, especially watching him this season and and the tail end of last season, um, I feel like we in sports, and it's not an era-specific thing, but in sports with basketball, baseball, football, sometimes we see guys who try to hold on for as long as possible, and then they just make complete mockeries out of themselves or they're a shell of their former selves. And, uh Brady's walking away while he still has some dignity so uh because it's clear he his arm and is not the same what it used to be his his accuracy is not, accuracy is not the same so um, I think he's walking away at the right time and uh yeah again nothing to be ashamed of seven Super Bowl championships he only lost what two or three times in the, he lost three times in the Super Bowl seven seven for ten in a cha- in championship scenarios is not a bad success rate um Surefire, uh, first ballot hall of famer. So, uh, the game, the game's never going to see another quarterback like Tom Brady. Um, uh, I, and I felt the same way when Peyton Manning retired, but, uh, we're, we're never going to see another Tom Brady again. He's probably arguably the Michael Jordan of football.
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent. And you know, y- you brought up the hall of fame, uh, 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 the Hall of Fame aspect. I remember reading a few years ago when Peyton Manning got in that the committee spent 13 seconds talking about whether or not he was a Hall of Famer. It should be no less than 0.5 seconds talking about Tom Brady. Uh, and, and that rule they have in place where you, you, you only get so long to speak, just let Tom be the last speaker. Let him go as long as he wants because he's obviously, uh, we talk about, you know, what's the definition of a Hall of Famer? I mean, that's that's kind of it right there. So, uh, but yeah, hats off to Tom Brady. Uh, I think we have a comment here from uh, from John Rivera. He's got the goat emoji. Shout out to John Rivera for a fellow Jets fan with you, of course, uh, Alfred. So let's talk about the Jets a little bit. So it is the off season. Uh, You know, I'd say the Jets have just about as much momentum going into this off season. They've had in quite some time. Uh, The ultimate question is at the quarterback position. Obviously, a carousel last year, Zach Wilson, um, Mike White, Joe Flacco, uh, even had the the rookie in there. What's his name? Came in. Strevler came in for a little bit. Um, that's obviously a position of, of need more than any uh, any other. Aaron Rodgers has been a big topic of conversation. Uh, we're still not even certain what his future is. I, I doubt he retires. I, I think he comes back. Um, and there seems to be a little bit of a, an animosity between him and the Green Bay Packers now more than there was in years past. What do you think the chances are of him becoming a New York Jet? Well, I'll say, I'll say my second question next. But What are the, what are the chances to you of, of him uh, ending up as a Jet? I give it 40%. Okay, I I can see him.
1: I feel like Tom Brady leaving the Buccaneers, kind of shifts the uh the quarterback landscape. If you get what I mean, yeah. Because no, I mean yeah, some people. No, I I didn't foresee Brady retiring this year. I thought Brady had maybe another two or three years left in him. So I think that out of the carousel of veterans that are going around between Rogers, Carr, and maybe even arguably Lamar Jackson, one of those three probably ends up in Tampa Bay. So really, I think so, especially because if you look at it, especially if I'm Aaron Rodgers, on one side, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and a host of others. On the other side, you have Garrett Wilson, uh, uh, malcontent Elijah Moore and a bunch of other unproven receivers. So, I mean, New York is not like it's 30 years ago where New York was a destination market in sports. Guys actually across all sports except for baseball guys are shying away. From playing in New York, so you know. Um, but but then again, as a Jet fan, do I want Aaron Rodgers, a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Of course, I'll take him. But you know, um, I think it's a forty percent chance. I'm 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 waiting to see what happens around draft time.
0: I mean it's close enough to a coin flip. I think you'd take that. But should he land uh, as as a New York Jets uh, this off season, and again that starts in about a month, uh, a few weeks after the Super Bowl concludes. What would you, as a Jets fan, as a a lifelong Jets fan, as the host of the Rocket Fuel Jets podcast, please go check it out on the grid, ladies and gentlemen. But if he lands there, what would you, Alfred Parstar Jr., consider a successful season? The season concludes, you're like, you know what, this was a good year. What would you consider
1: playoffs? Anything short of playoffs is a failure, especially with Aaron Rodgers behind center.
0: Playoffs. I don't. Okay. Even, I
1: don't even care. I don't. I, I don't ever think as long as Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And Devin Singletary and crew are intact in Buffalo. I don't ever foresee the Jets winning that division, but I'll take a wild card. Yeah, too, too many wild card slots to not have <laughs> to not get it get in the playoffs.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like I said, sort of, I was talking about with the Broncos just a second ago. If if the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson there at the end uh, and Tua being up and down, if they can get in uh, with a coach that we weren't quite sure about up until midseason, an average defense. Jets Jets have arguably a top five defense in the league. Sauce Gardner, uh, we agree, should be unanimous defensive rookie of the year, uh, similar to how Micah Parsons was last year. He's, it, I mean, listen, and not to get off track, but can an argument be made he's the best corner in football? I think so. I, think I agree. I think so
1: because you look at all the other, popular corners in the game they're all older now and a little bit slower sauce is faster younger fresher legs so and sauce had a heck of a season you would have you would have thought that sauce who uh ranked in the top 20 in pass deflections by the way you you would have thought that he was a veteran the way that he played
0: yeah no, he was outstanding. He was outstanding. He was a home run. Really, all all three of the Jets' first round picks all panned out in some way, shape, or form, uh, which should give you know you all the more confidence in, in Joe Douglas in the front office. Uh, John Rivera again, like I like we said, he's a Jets fan as well. He thinks there's a fifty-fifty shot uh, that that y'all land Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he says Tampa Bay's going to blow it up. I. I doubt they go with Kyle Trask. I know uh, Blaine Gabbert uh, is is a possibility. He was Brady's back at the last few years. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a possibility. Yeah, Jimmy G there. I mean, that that that's a team as weak as that division is. They could probably get in uh, with, you know, eight, nine wins, something like that. And, and John Johnson's playoffs would be kind of his expectation should Aaron land there. So it, it, it's fascinating when you look at the AFC. Would, okay, let me ask you this. Would you take Aaron Rodgers for two to three years or would you want to take a risk on one of these young quarterbacks coming out of the draft? And if they pan out, you got your guy for 10 to 15 years.
1: If I'm Joe Douglas, what, I'm do, what I'll am what i do, if I could get Aaron Rodgers, get him. But at the same time, I'm going to draft a quarterback in this draft this year. I'm not going to make the same mistake that they made with Zach Wilson. And Mike LaFleur even said it right before he got the boot. He felt that they, they mishandled Zach. He should have sat behind a veteran. And uh, I had this conversation uh, plenty of times the last couple of weeks. You look at all the great quarterbacks of, like, maybe the last 20 years. A lot of them all all sat behind somebody. For yeah. example, Carson Palmer with the Cincinnati Bengals sat behind John Kittner in his rookie year. Uh, Eli Manning sat behind Kurt Warner for half of his rookie year. You know, so uh, even even Pat, the great Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. And look, uh, Pat Mahomes playing in his third Super Bowl so uh, coming up. So I think that they need to get a rookie in this draft. Let him sit behind Aaron Rodgers for two years. Who better to learn from than a uh, quarterback that won the Super Bowl? And that, and you know, and don't repeat. Um, don't repeat the last two quarterbacks. The Jets had Sam Darnold. He started from day one. They had uh Zach Wilson. He started from day one. Even and and you know what? I think if I'm the Jets, I even ship Zach Wilson out of town because say you don't get a quarterback uh, in the draft, you have Zach Wilson there. He's used to being a starter. Do you think he's, he's gonna, he, he, within reason, do you think he's gonna take a demotion pretty much and and be okay with it? Absolutely not. I I would send, I would send him to an awful team, uh, maybe like a Las Vegas or, 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 or LA, well, not LA Rams because they're gonna get Stafford back, but some bad team that, that, that's never gonna contend and have him go there and and let him play and, you know, flounder. But, uh, I, I would, I would take a quarterback in the draft. Quarterback is not the Jets, uh, it's a, it's a big need, but you don't need to take one in the first round or second round. You can get one in the third or the fourth and um, and just have him sit and learn. Okay, round two. Name something that's not
0: boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100
0: casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No restrictions. Operated by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean both Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins were fourth round picks, I, th- I think the Jets would absolutely take a guy at that level. Um and if they do, I th- again, I think we both agree they're a playoff team with the talent that they've got there. So, Shifting away from the Jets and to the Super Bowl, which today's the 12th, uh, the second. So 10 days from now, the Super Bowl will be played. Before I get to your prediction, what's sort of your, your outlooks on the two teams? Let's start with Philadelphia, who absolutely thrashed the San Francisco 49ers, albeit they had Christian McCaffrey taking snaps as at some point at the quarterback position in the Wildcat offense. What's your takeaway on Philadelphia? Because I, in terms of their organizational structure, in terms of how they put together the, the team this this past offseason, we, yeah, you know, I mean, look, we, we didn't know Jalen Hurts was going to do what he did in terms of getting better from year two, but it's all. It almost feels like we should have maybe expected this. What's your takeaway on Philly? Good team.
1: I feel like the only the only weakness that that offense has is their run game, but uh, they're they're the run game. I believe the run game. If you if you look at if you look at uh, if you look at Philly and their offense, most of their running is done by Jalen Hurts, so. You know, and, and I'm not even saying this. I don't have anything against the Eagles. They don't play in my division. They don't even play in my conference. So, but, you know, that's one thing that I have noticed upon watching their games is their their running backs, Miles Sanders, Boston, Scott, they leave a lot to be desired. But they're, you know, Jalen Hurts, phenomenal athlete, um, makes things happen with his feet. I can't take that away from him. Um, their wide receiver core between Devontae Smith yeah. and A.J. Brown is outstanding. Their defense is scary, um, but they're 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 a good team. They they earn they earn their Super Bowl berth this season.
0: I would push back though about the Miles Sam. I mean, he did make the Pro Bowl,
1: and that uh, offensive
0: line led by Lane Johnson is is I, 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 I mean, probably I mean, the best in the league.
1: I mean, Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl too, so I mean, let's so. don't even get me started on that.
0: <laughs> don't even get me started on that. That full, that is that that is. It. Listen, I know I know the Pro Bowl has 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 you know it's it's,
1: it's a flag football game, bro. I'm not putting this, too much. I'm not putting too much into the Pro Bowl.
0: Listen, the the bar has been lowered, but two touchdown passes gets you the Pro Bowl, please. Especially listen, the I'm, AFC.
1: On a side note, as much as I love the Jets, Braxton Berrios in the Pro Bowl makes me laugh. But that's <laughs> that's uh, that guy only had 154 receiving yards this season. <laughs> that's
0: bad. That's that might be almost worse than I don't know two touchdown passes and three picks from Tyler Huntley. Uh, yeah, that's it's. I mean, heck, Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl last year. It's 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 there you, know, you it's, go. It's a disaster. Uh, as far as Kansas City, obviously we know Mahomes is is is. We were we've run out of adjectives to describe this guy. Um, what he did, what was your takeaway on the his performance against one of the better defenses in the league, Cincinnati, on one leg, having it thrown for 300 yards, had a pass rating over 100 and leading the game when he drives at the end? What was your takeaway on the Chiefs and how you think they'll fare against Philly? Nothing short of phenomenal. Not only did he have the bum ankle, but he had three
1: of his best wide receivers knocked out of the game. He couldn't his tight end was, was being triple teamed at times. And they still managed to win the game despite the fact that uh, he had that fumble that led to the Cincinnati tying it up. Right. But even so overcomes adversity. I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I know, I know the favorite in the Super Bowl, especially according to Vegas is uh, the Eagles. I think the chiefs are going to, are going to come out of that game. The winner. I tell you why Patrick Mahomes resiliency is just amazing for a guy who a year ago had Tyreek Hill, who was a phenomenal talent to put up the same numbers, if not better with no name receivers or lesser talented receivers. is just, it's just amazing to me. Just absolutely amazing. And mind you, the running game in Kansas city is not all that great because uh, no Pacheco hasn't had some uh, great games. McKinnon is a pass catching back. And Edwards Hilaire is in witness protection because you don't yeah. see him on the field. He's in the doghouse. So you know, uh, Mahomes has to run himself. Uh, he he's the quarterback, and similar to Hurts, he, he has to make things happen with his feet quite often. And you know, to uh, to do what he did on that, and there were times where he had to run on that bad ankle, and you yeah. could tell he was in clear, obvious pain, but he still he still did what he had to do. So I, I'm going the, the 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 talent mixed with the resiliency. That stuff you can't coach and this stuff you can't teach. It's either you have it or you don't. And uh that Kansas City team, they could have easily lost that game against the Bengals. You put any other team that made the playoffs in the AFC in that in that situation, I think the Bengals win every single time except for uh going up against the Chiefs.
0: No, is it is remarkable what they did. Do you do you have a final? cuz I'm going to I'm going to uh you know list it down with the guests I'm going to have over the next few shows. Do you have a final score for the game? You got Kansas City winning. Do you have a final score?
1: I think I think it's going to go 28-24 in favor okay. of Kansas City.
0: Yeah, close one.
1: Yep. It's it's going to be close, but I think Kansas City is going to it's probably going to come down to a lat, uh to a Harrison. No, not even. Probably yeah, probably a Harrison Butker kick.
0: I okay. think
1: so. Cuz you know what? I can def- see that.
0: that Philly defense is no joke. It, no, it's 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 outside. I mean again, they they've given up 14. They've outscored their opponents. I think it was 69 to 14, the last two playoff games. So they've, you know, yeah, that, and that defense is outstanding. Hassan Reddick is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, certainly from this season, the way he can get to the quarterback. Uh, Alfred, before we get out of here, promote your show. What do you got going on? What what you got cooking?
1: Uh, so uh, right now we're doing the, uh, the stat series on the, uh, on the grid YouTube channel. Uh, I do apologize to everybody who was disappointed that I didn't uh, scorch earth with, with my <laughs> review of uh, Zach Wilson's performance, but uh he, he had enough of that. But uh we're continuing the stat series. Uh, I got the uh, uh sauce gardener video getting ready to drop. Should be out uh in uh in the next day. And then uh yeah, we're just gonna keep going over uh uh Jets highlights. It's um I've also got Quentin Williams line a video on him lined up. So uh yeah, we're just gonna keep going jets in review and then after the stat series is over, uh we'll be looking at some draft prospects who I think that uh the Jets should take uh in the NFL draft. So uh the show is on uh, on the Grid Network, obviously. So you can follow the Grid on YouTube or on your digital streaming platforms for podcasts. And uh, there we go, uh, the ever so yes, popular logo. And then um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Rocket Fuel uh, underscore NYJ, where you could uh, follow us uh, where we make our uh, our periodic posts.
0: Alfred, appreciate you coming on. You're doing outstanding work on the Rock Fuel Jets podcast. Look forward to having you on again, my man. All
1: right, thank you, Bryson.
0: Yes, sir. I was Alfred Parsar Jr. Rocket Fuel Jets podcast always love having him on the show uh bring his insight on on the Jets uh th- that's 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 the thing about these these niche podcasts which we have two at the grid by the way we got the Cowboys campaign and we got the Rocket Fuel Jets podcast is once you get to the off season that to me is where the best content is made because you got free agency obviously you get the draft I, I I'm a I would say I'm probably the second biggest draft nerd at this network. I don't come close to Mike Guido. Like he, He's just in a league of his own. Uh, and We'll try to do some NFL draft coverage here at The Grid in about two and a half months, which I'm looking forward to. But, uh, but yeah, no, he, he makes some good points about about Kansas City that there is something to be said about a team that's been here before. I mean, listen, I think Philadelphia, I think six of the guys on this team that's, that, that's with the Eagles now, I'm pretty sure they were... Six guys on these this current Philadelphia Eagles team was on the 2017 team that won the Super Bowl. Obviously, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Dallas Goddard wasn't there yet. Uh Derek Barnett was there. My man Derek Barnett, Tennessee, shout out to him. He is not uh he got hurt you know early in the season. I'm trying to remember who else. I'm I'm blanking. That, that, that's the only three that come to mind. Jo- Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. By the way, we get the Kelsey Bowl. I mean, come on now. Jason Travis. And yeah, that's that. Those are the only guys that come to mind. I don't know. Let me know if I'm missing anybody. I know I am. I just remember reading that there were six eagles. Uh, but again, Kansas City, this ain't their first rodeo. I mean, most of the guys in this team, this, <laughs> they're used to this. This is their third appearance in the last five years in the Super Bowl. They obviously went back to back years in 2019 and 2020, winning the one in 2019 against the Niners. Uh, but uh, you almost, you almost like the fact that Kansas City is in a position where they're and underdog where they're bet against. That, hats off to him. I mean, it's going to be fun. So Al- Alfred's got the Chiefs, 28-24, so we'll, I'll be sure to get that uh, documented in the books when we have future guests on throughout uh, the next four shows leading up to Super Bowl 57. And, of course, I'll get my prediction on, on Friday's show. Or I, I may I may do a show Sunday. I'm, I'm thinking about doing that. So I'll, I'll get my prediction either Friday or Sunday. That, that's all that matters. All right, last topic of the day, the San Francisco 49ers are – Maybe the best roster in the NFL, but they cannot find any luck whatsoever at the most important position, that's quarterback. So, earlier this season, some thought I was definitely part of this group, the Trey Lance support group, thinking he was the answer in the limited action he got this year, about a game and a quarter, about five quarters of action to start the season, didn't impress me all that much. Although in his, in his defense, the first game was in Chicago in a rainstorm. And the, the field was like, literally players were sliding on the field. It was so wet. So we'll see. Again, I am i haven't sold my Trey Lance stock the way I sold my Russell Wilson stock. But I'm close. I'm, I'm very close. Then they went to Jimmy Garoppolo, who certainly isn't the long-term answer there, but is serviceable enough, right? Can win you games if he's put in the right position to succeed. Uh, is not going to... By any stretch, the imagination carry you or even lead you to a Super Bowl, but is absolutely good enough to use the playmakers around them to to win a playoff game, maybe a couple playoff games in some instances. And it was Brock Purdy, who to me looked by far the best of the three. Good arm strength, mobile, accurate, for a rookie, for Mr. Irrelevant, extremely poised, He played great. I think it was the five starts he got to close the regular season. He was outstanding against Seattle in the wildcard game. He played very well against Dallas in the divisional round. And, of course, in the first quarter of the NFC Championship game, he got his arm hit for a fumble. And as we found out the last couple days, suffered a complete tear in his UCL. And it will require Tommy John surgery now. It is also, you know, we also got a report that he's currently, you know, trying to get a second opinion. If the second opinion or third or how many, however many opinions he gets, if it turns out to be the exact same diagnosis as the first, it's been reported he's out for the 2023 season, which is just devastating for the kid. I I, I feel terrible for him. You guys know I I referred to him as sturdy Brock Purdy. Okay, I, I coined that, and I'm not I'm not listen. I'm not going to stop calling him that. I just got to put it on deck for 2024, whether he's a Niner or not, but. Now the question is for San Francisco. It's like, okay, listen, we've got the talent. But they're not getting younger. Debo Samuel is only four years in his NFL career and has really struggled to stay healthy outside of his rookie year. Uh, I almost said Travis Kelsey. Uh, another great tight end, George Kittle, is getting up there in age. You've obviously defensively got Bosa, Warner, Greenlaw, Armstead. I mean, you've got some fantastic Hufunga, who I absolutely love the safety there. Um... You guys said on defense, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Trent Williams is your best offensive lineman, but to my knowledge, I think he's going to be 36 years old, which is, you know, like being in your 40s. Uh, for a quarterback, if you're talking about being an offensive tackle, certainly a left tackle. Um, the Niners got to cash in. Like, this isn't just a season where it's like, oh, okay, we'll see what happens, see what the kid Trey Lance's got. This is a Super Bowl contender. You, you've you got to strike while the iron's hot because you don't ever know when you're going to get that, get that opportunity again. As well as their coach and as good as their GM, John Lynch is, you know, you're not going to be a contender every year. And so, strike while the iron's hot, take advantage of the opportunities that you have when you do have the team. That's why they traded for Christian McCaffrey because they thought that this team could make a run. Um, and obviously, they they fell short in the NFC title game. All that to say this I can't believe nobody has brought this name up. I can't believe that this has been not just swept on the carpet, but. I'm not even sure if it's been swept at all. If you're the the San Francisco 49ers, go get Derek Carr. Go get Derek Carr. Okay, he's been in the playoffs. Obviously, he does have a playoff win in his resume, but, you know, neither did Matthew Stafford until he was traded to the Rams and then won four straight playoff games to win the Super Bowl. Derek Carr's got a good arm. He's mobile enough for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Not quite as mobile as Purdy, but mobile enough. Hey, he made Matt Ryan mobile. In 2016, when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, he can do the same with with, with Derek Carr. Uh, obviously, we know a tremendous leader, a guy that has, has dealt with so much crap with the Raiders in Oakland and then in Vegas as it pertains to the coach, the roster, on, on the field, off the field. You now bring him to San Francisco in a stable environment with weapons galore on the offensive side of the ball, with a defense that's going to always give him an opportunity to be, to, 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 you know, to succeed in good positions on the field. Special teams is great. Great coach. Aggressive general manager. A GM that drafts well. I mean, what's not to like for both sides? If the Niners, you bring Derek Carr into the building. Now you've got an adult. You've got a proven guy, a leader, multiple-time pro bowler. By the way, he's a pro bowler this year. What's not to like? You tell me if the Niners get Derek Carr with the same roster they got today, and I'm sure, listen, there'll they'll be some some different pieces here and there, just like there is every offseason. But you're telling me they're not, bare minimum, the second best team in the NFC. Again, we, we got to see how the offseason shakes out. Free agency, draft, trades, and whatnot. Hopefully, guys, knock on wood for everybody, stays healthy during the offseason. Philadelphia's will be Philadelphia's gonna be the favorite, regardless of how the Super Bowl plays out. They're gonna be the favorite to to get back to the Super Bowl next year to come out of the NFC. Who's seven niners are second? Packers are. We're not sure. The Packers are have Aaron Rodgers. Bucks lost Tom Brady. Cowboys stop. Uh, you know the Rams. Yeah, they get Stafford back, but there's a lot of missing pieces in the offensive line. The defense wasn't as good this year. Aaron Donald's getting up there in age. Like there's questions everywhere. You settle the. One position that we had the biggest question about after the Niners, Derek Carr. I'm sorry, this is minimum the second best team in the NFC. Arguably top three in the NFL if you throw Kansas City in there. I think they're better than Cincinnati. It's great. Cincinnati's an underrated roster with a great quarterback in Joe Burrow. But Derek Carr in San Francisco, I'm just saying. It's a perfect fit. By the way, for the Raiders, they trade him to the opposite conference and they don't have to face him, but every four years. So it's not like they trade him to the, I don't know, the the Jets or something. And they, you know, they get burned every other year by him. Like, that's that's not what you want. So I'm just, I think the fit works. I really do. Let's see. Uh, Philip says, I got the Eagles. They've got the best defensive line and the best offensive line. You win in the trenches in the NFL. Eagles 37, Chiefs 27. I hate the Eagles, but they'll do it this year, sadly. Okay, I could definitely see the Eagles getting above 30. And Kansas City, obviously, as you mentioned, Philip, you know, Philly has a loaded defense. Um, a double-digit win for Philadelphia, though, that's very interesting. I, I think. Last I checked, there were two-point favorites. Let me check one more time before we get out of here. Uh, let's see. Where's the line? Okay, so Philadelphia. Okay, it's gone down to one, one minus one and a half. Philly's a one and a half-point favorite now. So I'm sure. And it's, I'm sure it's going to go from one to two max two and a half, minimum one all throughout the week. Uh, I don't anticipate that's going to change for Philadelphia. Phillips says Carr is the guy that's had the worst defensive league for the last seven years. He has been there and bad leadership. I hope the best for the guy. He is a very good quarterback. Yes, he is. I, I listen, Derek is, is one of those guys that, to me, does not get enough credit for how good he is. I've well, we always said the three quarterbacks I defend the most that, to me, get criticized more than they should is Dak, Carr, and Lamar. It's my big three. Love those guys. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up live tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. We're going to try and get some more guests tomorrow and next week leading up to the Super Bowl. Also, be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. We appreciate it. And hit the notification bell. Uh, Big thanks to Alfred Parsar Jr., Rocket Fuel Jets podcast. I love that guy. He and I are a part of the GRID Network, GRYD, GRID Podcast Network, on YouTube. It's also wherever you you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you can find us all at the GRID. Be sure to check it out. Some great stuff over there, some great content creators, Alfred, and many other people. Please go check it out. All right. Have a great evening, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow. Stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical and your mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. Time's really done, man. Sad. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the
2: other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day.